and welcome to the Golden Rock Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm Ben, as always, I'm joined by my fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connor. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. Connor, how are we doing this week? I am exhausted, mate. My sleep pattern has been all over the place. For some reason, I've been going to sleep at like 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, waking up at oh. 3, 4, 5 in the afternoon. And uh, wow. yeah, it's 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 been fun. Let's say it's been fun. <laughs> you don't sound very, you don't sound like you're being honest when you say it's been fun. No, it hasn't. It's been fun. exhausting. <laughs> I can imagine. Bloody hell. Why, why? So is that just... It's not because of it, it. It's not because of like you're choosing to do that. Oh no 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 no! no. I no. just literally cannot go to sleep. Oh, you just lie there and you just can't switch off. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, uh, I I used to struggle with that when I was a teenager. Like, like literally lying there for about two three hours, and it's just something that I'm quite lucky and thankful that I I just I didn't do anything. I just stopped being that kid who couldn't sleep yeah it's i i know it's part of my sort of health condition it's apparently a common thing to just have these weird sleep patterns but it's fine it'll pass as with all things he is he is hoping i do i do have something that i do want to talk about i got a new laptop you got a new laptop as well i got a new laptop because um the laptop that i was previously using not for all my editing but it's where i kind of when I was in bed with the wife and she was watching Love Island or whatever, I could do, <laughs> I could add Photoshop, Illustrator, and um, Adobe Audition on it. So I could do some editing, but this laptop was about 12 years old. Oof. So as you can imagine, it was an absolute nightmare. So things as simple as loading up Microsoft Word would take about a minute, maybe two minutes. Um, no, that's not so, so, no. so no, so it was long overdue. So I've got a new laptop. Really happy about it. Managed to install everything today, and I'm hoping it, it, you know, just helps to speed up my my workflow a little bit for you know future Pokemon content. Speaking of Pokemon, because that's what people have come here for. Uh, let's kick off with the first bits of news about Kadabra's return. So some people might not even know this, but we haven't had Kadabra in the anime mainly uh, and on Pokemon trading cards for quite some time. Apparently since 2002 um, when the magician Yuri Gale, um sued Nintendo for using his likeness and apparently I, d- I didn't know this until I looked earlier on but the Japanese of Kadabra, the Japanese name of Kadabra is quite close to Yuri Gale's Spelling uh, or pronunciation is my understanding. Gurian or something? Something uh. like that, yeah. Um, and apparently he's quite well known for bending spoons. So there's a couple of things there where, you know, some people might look at that and go, yeah, they've, I wouldn't say they've just used him as inspiration, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. If someone used me for inspiration for a Pokemon, as long as it wasn't like Grimer or Muck or Trubbish, like I'd be quite happy about it. Anyway, so he decided to sue them. For whatever reason, whether or not it's just to kind of distance themselves from it or to not open themselves up, Nintendo haven't used Kadabra on Pokemon cards since that time. And Kadabra has only appeared in the anime since then, 
in four appearances. Three of them were anime episodes, the last of which was Ruby and Sapphire in 2006. And it's been in one movie in The Sword of Justice in 2012 and a blink and you'll miss it um, like shot in Pokemon Evolutions in 2021. But this is all culminated with Galar apparently withdrew his complaint in 2020. And now, hopefully, we're going to start seeing Kadabra in more anime and trading card game uh, cards. So, just to clarify, the Japanese name of Kadabra is Jungera. So, oh, yeah, okay. it is. Yeah, it is basically Yuri Geller. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I took a look into this, and because I'd heard that Yuri Geller sued, tried to sue Nintendo, um, that has been withdrawn now. As you say, no money was awarded over all those years wow um but the apparently the argument wasn't even just that they used his likeness they used his name they stole his signature spoon bending techniques which you know cadabra has spoons and it uses kinesis yeah. but it was the fact it was it was like a libel suit where they turned him into an evil occult pokemon Oh, okay. Now Kadabra, the, the well, the well-known, <laughs> the Pokemon. well-known okay. evil occult Pokemon. Now okay. his argument was the star on its head shows that it is a member of the occult, and apparently the lightning bolts that were on its body, yep. he said, was a reference to the Nazi SS. Whoa, that is okay. So when you mentioned the 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 star, I thought you were going to mention something along the lines of like the star. of david and persecution and, and jewish people during the war um and they didn't go there <laughs> and then you kind of bought it back in a different way with the apparently the s right okay do you think he has any founding with this whatsoever? well clearly not because the, <laughs> the court case went on for 15 years and he never got anything i just don't understand how a court case can go on for that long uh libel's such a hard thing to prove and basically as long as you're willing to pay, lawyers will keep a lawsuit going. Wow. It's that okay. simple, really. Um, <laughs> this is crazy. Okay. This is this is an interesting one. It's it's really funny that he looks at it now um and says, like, oh, I'm it was a foolish thing for me to have done. And this mm. is quite literally a quote where he says, I, I was a fool for doing this. Yeah, nice. a little bit, yeah. because but the thing is, at the time, he couldn't have known what Pokemon was going to be. No, I mean back then. So two thousand. So, I mean, late nineties, early two thousand. Yeah, this was right around the same craze as like Pokemon are demonic and yeah. trying to turn your kids to Satanism and all that kind of stuff. So, I can see where he's coming from on the thing of like, hey, nobody asked me if I wanted to be in this game. They've used my likeness. I should be getting royalties from all these cards. People are making art of this Pokemon, which is supposed to be me. I clearly, no no judge thought that stuck. No Mm -hmm. judge thought it went as far to be like, yes, that is a clear reference. Yes, you deserve uh, royalties for that. But I can see where he might have had an issue. Clearly, I by 2020, yeah. um, he's decided to change his mind. What made him change his mind? I don't know. That's, well, that's, that's the, the one bit we don't have clear. We we don't. So it almost seems to me like that, that, that at this stage, there seems to be two two reasons why. Either he's kind of had time to 
you know, it, 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 it's been 18 years since the last time we, we saw Kadabra in trading card games. That's a long time for somebody. Like, we, we change year on year as humans. Like, our, you know, what we're exposed to, what we talk about, our assumptions change over time. So 18 years is a long time. And it might just be that over that time, he suddenly thought, you know what, actually, I, I, I maybe went too far in what I was thinking or it was unsubstantiated, whatever it might be. The other side might just be that he's 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 kind of sick of it himself or he's run out of money and just thought, you know what, this libel suit, I'm just done with it. It's not worth effort or time, perhaps. And ultimately, the only people that probably know is, is actually probably himself, to be quite honest with you. Whether or not he'll come out and tell us more, I don't know. I'm, I'm out of this. The, the the shocker for me was this is still going on because I re- vaguely remember this as is as, as a kid growing up and finding out about this. Uh, yeah, someone, finding out who Yuri Geller is yes, because of Kadabra rather exactly. than the other way around. Exactly. Like I I didn't know he was a magician. Honestly, like when I I remember as a kid hearing Yuri Geller and just thinking, oh, he's a, he's a he's an astronaut or a cosmonaut. I don't know why. He just has that kind of like Buzz Aldrin or something like that, that kind of powerful name that you associate with going to space. So then find out, oh, he's a magician. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, but as a kid, not really understanding the link and why Kadabra had to be pulled. And as an adult now revisiting this, understanding it. But I'm just happy now that we're gonna get gonna get Kadabra back in, you know, in into the main series. Sorry, I was just reading um one of his interviews that he's done with Pokey Beach. Because in the back of my head, I was like, I wonder if he's got grandkids. Maybe that's why it is. That is exactly why it is. Oh, really? <laughs> so his grandkids must have grown up on Pokemon or at least been exposed to it. So and, here we go. I will okay. I will read you the quote from Yuri Geller himself. Or Uri. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I apologize. Hi, my dear friends. I am pleased Pokemon fans are excited to see Kadabra return to the po- to the card game. Look, I want to thank the Pokemon fans who reached out to me over the last few years, including ones from Poke Beach, who kept contacting me nonstop. So basically, it was you and my granddaughters that got me to change my mind. Now we can all see Kadabra reunited with the po- with the original Pokemon in the card game this summer. I love you all, and I admit, totally open and honest, I was a fool. It was a devastating mistake for me to sue Pokemon. Kadabra was basically a tribute to Yuri Geller, but it's back now. Forgive me. I love you all. Much love and energy. Wow. Okay. Case closed. <laughs> Literally just open a closed case. I mean, fair play. It it is. Especially nowadays in the fast-paced nature of the world, it's difficult or it doesn't seem to be as common that people come out and apologize when they get things wrong. And it's yeah. it's quite heartwarming warming to see, oh, actually, him come around on it and realize that, you know, that this wasn't some evil occult thing. It was literally just probably somebody in Game Freak being obsessed with magic or a magician and this this person going, oh, okay, I'm going to do a tribute in Pokemon to this person. And ultimately it was, you know, probably just a love letter or some kind of, you know, um, wish fulfillment of someone creating the, the Kadabra Pokemon. So it's a shame that it went down this route, but it's good to know that at the very end we've gotten, you know, where where it should have been at the start. It's It's really funny as well because how 
looking back, right, how great would it be to have one of the strongest Pokemon in the original series based on you? Oh, yeah. Oh, de- definitely. Now, a little bit of side tension on here. Some people may be wondering, well, hang on, if Kadabra's not been in the card game for so long, how have they had Alakazam cards? Well, they initially had an Abra that evolved straight into Alakazam. And then since then, we've had V cards and EXs and Radiant cards and stuff like that that have allowed Alakazam to just hit the field straight away as a basic Pokemon. So for many years, we've had Abra cards, we've had Alakazam cards. And in the new 151 uh, Pokemon card 151 pack that is coming to Japan soon, uh, June, as is the case, we will see Kadabra return as alongside what can only be assumed all 151 original Pokemon. Looking forward to that. It, it does make me wonder. Okay, so obviously the trading card game, and I think I know the answer to this. Like, like the question I've got is. Why wasn't Kadabra pulled from video games moving forward? And I, I, I get that because because pulling them from trading card games and the anime is is relatively easy to do because it's not something that is essential. The problem with Pokemon games and removing Kadabra is you are you are actually, and I don't think this has ever been done, removing Pokemon from circulation. Like you can no longer get Kadabra, so it makes me wonder why. Why Kadabra stayed in the games considering it was removed from the other media? It's an interesting question. Um, just really, really not curious. Not one and I have the answer to either. No. It's just bizarre why. Because, like, what... what? I'd, so, the, the, the way I kind of see this is if Game Freak at the start had been, no, you know what, this, this isn't what you say it is, we're not. We're just going to keep it in the games. We're going to keep it in the trading cards. We're going to keep it in the anime and all the other media. Like, why have they kind of pulled back? Is it is if they pulled back because they've thought, okay, that maybe Yurigawa has legs in some regards? It's just a real. There's like I know we've kind of said over. I said over the closed case. Like, there's still information here that I kind of want to want to know, but I don't think we'll ever get the answer to. Unfortunately, yeah. I think we're at a loss on it, unfortunately. Okay. Shall we move on to the next piece of news? Indeed. So, a couple of weeks ago, we had confirmation that in Japan, Scarlet and Violet retail sales have already surpassed Pokemon Sword and Shield. So I wanted a bit of a... I wanted to kind of break down the information I could find on how many units it's actually sold and then kind of figure out why why? It's, why it's already surpassed pokemon sword and shield so just to kind of break this down um generation one still remains the highest selling pokemon game with just over 31 million copies sold which is is breath breathtaking outstanding so sword and shield which came out in november 2019 has sold according to an article that came out earlier on this month 23.9 million units. So Scarlet and Violet, which came out in uh November 2022, so about three, three months ago-ish, um, sold 10 million copies in its first three days. And according to the game data library on Twitter, including digital sales, it sold somewhere between six and seven million more than Sword and Shield. So, so far, since release in November, 
So, so Scarlet and Violet are looking at about 30 million units shifted. So that's about, what, 10 million, 10, 10 million sales a month-ish? That's insane. I, Future Connor here, with a correction. Uh, ben accidentally misinterpreted the information he was looking at. Scarlet and Violet has not sold six or seven million copies more than Sword and Shield. In Japan, it has sold six million copies, nearly seven million copies, which in itself is more than Sword and Shield ever sold in Japan. Now, that is still an impressive figure, but it does not equate to 30 million copies sold. What we come out with for the rest of the podcast is still valid. However, if you ever hear us talking about 30 million copies sold, just know that bit is incorrect. Okay, thank you. That is just well. It's not even. It's not even. It's 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 not even three months because November wasn't the full month. But I guess my the point I'm making here is, wow. <laughs> First and foremost, wow. To sell that many units is absolutely crazy, and it's probably uh, it will surpass Red and Blue. It will surpass Generation One, which is crazy. And it's a fair reason to ask then why, because we are not in a state of Pokemania like we were back in the 90s when everybody had to have red and blue or yellow, which is included in those Generation 1 sales figures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm pretty sure that includes Japanese red and green, Japanese blue, Japanese yellow, and then international red, blue, and yellow. Yellow, yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 a lot more games than we've had with Scarlet and Violet. So there's that to take into consideration. The Switch is obviously one of the best-selling consoles mm-hmm. ever. Still, still selling like hotcakes. You can't it's just it's so good. It's such a great console. I love <laughs> it. Um, but none of that that still doesn't really explain why. <laughs> so why why it sold more than Sword and Shield? Three years to three months. That's that's so, the difference here. Yes, I. So- Right. My one explanation that I have to have is that people are sold on the concept of open world Pokemon. Potentially, yeah. I think that was enough to get people through the door. Yeah, I can understand that. I think I think it's a I <clears throat> I think it's a combination of things. I think yeah, the shift in style for Pokemon because Pokemon for the longest time you, you can't. It has managed to reinvent elements of it, but unfortunately, the core concept of eight gyms and you typically have to save the world and beat the Elite Four has been there throughout the entirety of this. So Scarlet and Violet, I think, did two major things. One, like you said, it went open world. The second thing, and this was touted in a lot of the videos, was that you know it's your story, you can play it your way, and kind of the what they explained or what they kind of promised in the videos was okay right the 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 gym challenge isn't the de facto way to play this game you can also play it by battling the titans and uh doing the team star bases which i think those two combinations were just right for people to go ah i haven't played pokemon in a while because it either doesn't appeal to me or I've just kind of dropped off the series because it's become repetitive. This is a new way of playing Pokemon. And I can't help but feel that probably that, that this might have played into, into it slightly, but I don't think it's as big a factor as the two that I've just mentioned, is that 
there was so much praise coming off of the back of Legends Arceus in terms of, okay, it's it's tried to reinvent itself, that maybe some of that positive praise for Legends Arceus carried over into people going, okay, so I missed the last one, but that had really good reviews and people were positive about it. And the new one has these new ways of playing. That is enough for me to just bite and give it a try. See, it's interesting that you say that because I I, I, I would have thought the same thing as well. Oh, obviously, Legends Arceus was really great. Scarlet and Violet will be really great. I'll go out and buy Scarlet and Violet. That would make sense if Legends Arceus sold better, which it didn't. No, no. And again, we we've said before that that came down to a lot of like being a January game, and it had a lot of things going against it. But I don't think we can put the popularity of Scarlet and Violet down to Legends Arceus as much as oh, no, no. it may so, have influenced some people. Yes, it doesn't account for the numbers. No, no. I think I think it will will be an element. I think it will have swayed a proportion of that, but I don't think that is a major factor in the 30 million copies sold like say few people but i think the point you made about being open world because i for me as i've gotten older i dislike open world games more because there's gotten to a point where because i have a limited amount of time to play video games an open world there is just too much mm-hmm. but if i have to think at it uh, as it from me when I was between the ages of 10 and 24, 25, open worlds were the best types of video games because you were getting such value for your money of, okay, I'm only paying 20, 30 quid for this and I'm guaranteed, you know, 100, 120 hours of gameplay minimum. Like, that's a major selling factor for going to your parents and going, mom, dad, I want this game. I know it's a lot of money, but this will keep me busy for weeks and months. I can't help but feel the that played an played an element of it, mm. especially around Christmas. Because let's not forget this released in November, it which did. is perfect timing for Christmas. Of okay, what's the next big thing? What can I buy the children? Scarlet and Violet's coming out. It's Pokemon. People love Pokemon. There wasn't a whole lot of other Nintendo releases either. There's I think not. what you had Kirby slightly before it. And then there was nothing. I'm just having a quick look now. Yeah, no, I don't think there was anything released anywhere near the time of Pokemon Scarlet. It basically had a free run on Christmas. So um, the other thing I'd possibly throw in is the anime. Not just that, you know, Journeys has been amazing, which it has. But the fact that the anime is ending and and the announcement that the anime was ending made Pokemon hit every single headline. It, yeah, you're right. you're absolutely right. Yes. I, I actually remember that when there, there was there was two there was two I think there was two big things actually in the anime. One was like you've just said that. The other thing was Ash becoming champion. Because mm-hmm. I remember seeing both of them on social media and news websites that normally would not touch Pokemon with a barge pole. Like I'm not afraid to admit it. One of the newspapers I read online is The Guardian. It never touches Pokemon. It doesn't care about Pokemon. But the Pokemon anime news was in The Guardian, okay? It was it was everywhere. And 
just through that association, it brings Pokemon to people's minds. And then, like you say, when you're looking at Christmas time and it's coming up, I'm looking at this. From the start of November to Christmas, apparently there were only five games released on the Switch, one of which was Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So, and the the other ones aren't really ones that I think people were that interested in because you can get them on other consoles. So actually, when I'm looking at it, I think there's only three, maybe only two of them that were actually like Switch exclusive games. And one of the other things that we have to remember, because I've just just looked this up because I'm really curious. Um, Nintendo Switch has sold 115 million units. So like the more, obviously the more consoles you've got out there, the more people can buy the the, the games, basically, to, for, to for, play for, on that. For comparison, 115 million units, you say? Yes. That is both more than the PlayStation 2 and the Wii. Yeah, which were, for the longest time, they the were the best-selling top, consoles. Yes, they were the best-selling consoles. The, the Nintendo, And this is part of the reason why... And I know we've discussed it in the in the past about you know the successors to the Nintendo Switch, and I'm I'm still of the mindset that the next mainline Pokemon game will be on the successor. Oh, sorry, not the PlayStation Two. I oh, don't is know it why still I, not? Is uh, it still not surpassed the PlayStation Two? No, no, no. PlayStation Two is still the number one at 155 oh, okay. million. Sorry, good because it is the best. It is the best. Google said ever. one thing, uh, and then I uh, clicked okay. on the actual web. Oh, sorry, the original PlayStation. That's why. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but like. There's there's probably a reason why Nintendo haven't been so out of the you know while why they haven't gone down the route of okay right we need to start talking about the next console because the current one is selling so well yeah and if it's selling so well why would you not keep trying to push that out to get more people to buy your console and one of the great things about the Nintendo Switch is it's the exclusives the number of exclusive exclusives that it has, including the Pokemon franchise. And I can't help but feel that all that combined has just helped it help the, the Scarlet and Violet to just take off. Because it, as of the release of Scarlet and Violet, the Switch had been out, because I worked this out, the Switch had been out for 56 months. That's a very long time. A lot more people have the console and therefore more likely to buy Oh, the the brand new Pokemon game. When Sword and Shield came out, the Switch had only been out for 20 months. That's not a long time. Not as many people will have the console, and therefore, less people will buy it. And if you are buying it somewhere between the release of Sword and Shield and the release of Scarlet and Violet, there are other Pokemon games coming out. So... Like, if you got it closer to the time of BDSP being released, would you go back and play a game that is two to three years old? Or would you pick up the brand new Pokemon game, BDSP or Scarlet and Violet? You'd probably pick up the new one, right? Yeah. The other thing as well, I'd say, is that compared to Sword and Shield, which still sold really well. It did, yes, yes. Scarlet and Violet didn't have the negative press going into launch that Sword and Shield did. That is, yes, that is a great point, actually. Do you want to explain a bit more about that? So, I hate the name, but the Dexit controversy. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, the, the whole idea was this was the first time we were ever going to not have the National Dex. Plus, there was the tree controversy where people were complaining that the tree didn't look good enough. 
It hasn't got enough pixels. It needs it more pixels. pixels. It looks <laughs> looks like an N64 game if you played an N64 on a Switch. Which anyway, that's not the point. That's not an argument I need to have again with people. But the point <laughs> is, Sword and Shield had a lot of bad press before the games even came out, and whether you are whether you live online or not, that feeds through. Because the thing is, a lot of people, or sorry, some people do look to um, reviewers and things like that. And those people do live online. So they have, their, they have their opinions influenced by the online discourse, which influences the layman. And then you've also got, like, people go to YouTube and look for stuff. And when YouTubers are kicking off about things, it's not great. That being said, it's fascinating given the controversy that came out around Scarlet and Violet after its release that so many people have gone, yeah, you know what, I'll put up with it and I'll pick it up. Yeah. Because there has been enough uproar about the quality of the game, the actual, like, how it plays, how it runs, how shoddy put together it is. And yet people have gone, yeah, but that's fine. And maybe it's the fact that almost everyone has said the same thing, even ourselves. Yeah, it runs like crap, but it's really fun. Yeah. And I think that's a fair point for sales of a game is if it's fun, why not? I I think you're right. I think one of the one of the key things as well is is when you mentioned Dexit. That that was and that that was in the build up to Generation Eight. Whereas the 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 issues with Generation Nine, like you weren't aware of them until either you bought the game on day one, like I did, and you're like, oh, okay, right, there's mm, something isn't quite what you expected here, or you read the reviews. However, ten million copies, so a third of the sales came in the first three days, like. Most of those people probably weren't aware of whatever issues you might have with the game and therefore more likely to just jump straight in and bite. Were these people suckered? I don't know. You, you, you can. It depends on your thoughts with the game. I, I stand by what I said in the review where, you know, it, it, was, it was a good game, should have been great. However, from a gameplay, gameplay loop, and fun perspective, yeah, it's it's got a lot going for it, which I I, I really really enjoyed. Um, I guess I guess the point I'm trying to to make here is that it almost feels like the the ten the ten the ten million in the first three days, yeah, potentially suckered, might have thought, oh, I've been a bit bit robbed here, but that doesn't account for the twenty million that have that have sold on top of that since then so the people that are aware of oh issues whatever it might be and maybe part of that is like say people not caring part of it might be oh there are fixes potentially coming out the the, the fact that we are getting an update in february that has been that was announced in january like early january was it like yeah we're getting so we had one major update we're getting another one very shortly which makes me think that some people are are jumping into this thinking, whatever the issues with this game, they're going to resolve some of them. 
Potentially. I just, Potentially. But that's I think what Mark, says, people might be thinking. See, I just think it says a lot for what people expect from the gaming industry these days. They they just yeah. don't... Games can release in this um, early access state, effectively, and people are fine. And it's like, yeah, I'll buy it. It'll be yeah. fixed at some point. Um, I'll have fun with it until it's fixed, and it'll be fine. And it is fun. It is a fun game. We can't deny that. I just... What I I sound really down about it, and people are probably screaming at me right now as to why. The reason why is what I always say: is Pokemon and Game Freak have a tendency to learn the wrong freaking lessons from their sales. Yes, and yeah. what it means is people have shown with their wallets is yeah, don't bother finishing a game, don't bother. Yeah. People will buy it anyway. In fact, if they had a dev team working on fixing the problems do you think it's still worth them doing it if people have already decided no it's fine it's it's already one of the best selling pokemon games ever people are all right with it clearly yeah i think like the the right lesson for them to take away from is people love pokemon what can we do to make them love pokemon even more like that's the lesson they they should take away from this i i think just to kind of uh, cycle around as well the marketing of of Scarlet and Violet, like I know we've spoken about the the anime and stuff like that, and that playing a part in bringing Pokemon to the forefront of people's minds that might not have necessarily, you know, been exposed to Pokemon for quite a long time. But I think also this was the first time that I'd seen in the UK at least actual billboards, like with. I can't remember. I can't remember the. Oh yeah, I, I do. It was basically um, the main character on one of the legendaries. I can't remember overlooking like a overlooking Paldea, and then in bright white lettering, it just said "Explore a vibrant new world," which again ties into okay, open worlds. You'd think so, um, but I can't remember anything like that for any of the other releases. BDSP, uh, Legends of Arceus. Sword and Shield. I don't remember any of that physical, in-person marketing either, which again just ties into what can we do to kind of just make make it so everyone, no matter where you are, no matter what what sphere of media you consume, you are inside the sphere of of Pokemon and other things to kind of like back that up. I guess is. The my YouTube content, the official Pokemon channel was pumping out leading up to it. Um, I'm having a quick look on, on their channel just to see what else there was for Sword and Shield back in the day. And actually, there wasn't that much, or at least the stuff that was out there didn't seem to be a lot more, less effort, I want to say. Just from looking at it, a lot of it was just kind of a couple of in-game kind of, oh, Gigantamax Pokemon are coming, oh, meet Galarian Ponyta, and that was about it. There wasn't really a lot on the Pokemon channel. Um, and then the other thing is um, Ed Sheeran and the the song yep. that he did. Like, that, like, that, that to me, once I'd heard that, I heard it everywhere on radio, on YouTube, just, just everywhere. So, like, Pokemon just had, you know, music covered, online channels covered in terms of YouTube, physical in-person in, in terms of the billboards, on top of all the usual stuff of, you know, the Twitter channels, n- news, anime. Like, they, it was just 
everywhere. And I think that's probably the answer that we're, that we're arriving at is that you couldn't escape Pokemon at, at launch. And no. S- and suddenly you're going, you know what? I've not played a Pokemon game in a while. Well, you've got your children going, Luke, mom, dad, Luke, look, it's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Can we, can we buy it? And suddenly, no matter where you went, you're suddenly thinking, oh, Poke- I remember Pokemon. And probably getting, getting, just buying into Pokemon Fever. Like, was this the closest we got to the Pokemon Fever of, like, you touched on at the start of this news, this news was like, is this the closest we've got to that initial fever of Generation no. 1? No. No, the closest we got was the launch of Pokemon Go. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that closest was- we've ever got to Pokemania again. And okay. that was insane. And I think it was. that led to a lot of sales of 3DSs and X and Y. But even that's at like half the sales of Sword and Shield. Okay. Um, one of the other things I think might be a factor is the fact that the price dropped almost immediately. So we both paid, was it £50? Yes. Yes. And then it dropped. Did you? I'm trying to think back to the. Dropped to £40 within a week. Which is it? Which to be which fair, is a, which is a major drop for a Nintendo is. game, which exactly. never dropped in price. Yes, like Nintendo games are so just they they just don't really drop, do they? The the I'm sorry, I'm talking about the Nintendo games where you can only play them on the Nintendo. Yeah. They don't typically drop because why would they drop them? There's no competition. Either you buy them or you don't play them. You you have no choice in the matter. It's not even that. I'm sure there's an interview somewhere that says, like, Nintendo games don't go on sale because to go on sale implies that they're not worth the money and that it's a case of, like, no, you should be able to buy Nintendo games all year round and know that you're not being done over. What you're paying is what they're worth. I get that. To to have a sale price implies that that's the real price for them and everybody else is just paying more. Yeah, I get that. I get that. So it's sorry. I'm I'm looking at the YouTube. I, I suddenly went down the lines of YouTube views as well because I was curious about the views. And most of the Sword and Shield are hovering between a quarter of a million and a million views, with the exception of Meet Surfer Surfetched, which had 3.7 million views, which is interesting, just crazy. But I want it. But looking at the ones for Scarlet and Violet. Like, they're averaging around half a million, with some of them going as high as five and a half million. So, there was definitely more people watching the YouTube videos, at least. Oh, you'll be pleased to know I, I own those three videos gathered around three million views as well. <laughs> um, amazing. Amazing. And, although, interestingly, the Ed Sheeran and Pokemon Celestial video, um, quite low in terms of the Pokemon... Scarlet and Violet stuff. It's it's mm. really it's really interesting to just try and unpack all all this. Yeah, because- I mean, there's lots of things. It depends on. That's the thing. You can always sit here and go, "Well, this is what I think influenced the sales," but it's always based on your bias. Yes. So I could. Yes. S- if if we had uh, Dusty and Soul back on the podcast, they would sit here and swear up and down the court that it was due to leaks that leaks sold this game. I I don't think that's the case because I don't think enough of the population of people who play Pokemon are online, let alone on Twitter. 
I just don't think that's the case. I would sit here and argue that the uprising of Nuzlocke support or Nuzlocke um, content and fandom has brought a lot of new people back to the game. You know, with people like even Jaden Animations and stuff doing a lot of Pokemon content recently. That's brought a lot of people back into the idea of, oh, maybe I should get back into Pokemon. It's, but that's Pokemon as a whole. Pokemon has always been accessible to a wide range of people. Why Scarlet and Violet? And I just keep coming back to the idea of it must be just the promise of open world. That was enough. That was people going, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. This is enough for me to go out and buy it. Because the question you have to ask yourself is, like, when, like, the question would be, what has changed? And between, if we're just looking at mainline games, this has been the one where there's been the biggest change between the previous generation and the current generation in terms of, like, say, open open world. And I know Legends Arceus kind of did it first, but it wasn't a mainline but they, game. But they never marketed it that way. No, they no, never, they didn't. This was, this was the one where they slapped on everything, true open world experience. Yeah. Because because it does for a, for a portion of the the fan base or population of of people that play video games, it doesn't matter what the the game is. If you whack open world on it, you, you've got their foot in the door, and they'll research it. They'll look into it and go, actually, yeah, I'll 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 try this one. It's it it really is going to like thinking ahead, like. If this is already up there in terms of se- second high selling now um, of the mainline games, like Generation 10, like that, surely, surely, with the lessons learned in terms of marketing for this one, has to hit like the number one spot in terms of Pokemon games sold. Surely. I think it entirely depends. It does. It depends yeah. on whether the people who bought these games feel burnt by them or whether yeah. they had fun with them. Yeah. It depends entirely on the DLC. The DLC will come out and will, if it's anything like Sword and Shield, boost the sales even further. Yeah. Um, so the wor- the thing is, this game is not even started getting going yet. Agreed. Yeah. It, it, you're, you're right. We have got, you know, D- DLC it hasn't been confirmed yet but let's be honest with you with how well it sold for sword and shield and you know the the quality increase from the dlc compared to the mainline game of generation eight if we get the same for generation nine and potentially you know these these updates that we're going to get whether or not they fix things i don't know um and we won't know until they till they land but if they, you know, come in and fix some of the things that people have complained about and bring in the DLC, there might be people that have sat on the fence suddenly thinking, okay, yeah, they've they've done enough to win me around now. It's a bit of a lower price than at launch. I'm going to buy into this. And suddenly, you know, it's it's rising even higher to the point where actually Generation 9 might take first spot in terms of Pokemon sales. I mean, the thing is, it had a very good start. Yes. 10 million copies in three days. Massive. Right? Which is the fastest selling um, Nintendo game, but also the fastest selling exclusive ever. Wow. Nice. <laughs> like, so people were in, people were sold. Mm-hmm. 
they didn't want they didn't need to see anything and i'll and part of me also thinks as well this will be a lot of people getting this for christmas will have boosted the sales further and i think a lot of uh especially younger audiences would have gone oh i might get it for christmas so i'm not going to look at anything yeah i get that because that's how i would have been back in the day i wouldn't have looked at reviews i wouldn't have looked at anything telling me the game was bad before i had a chance to experience it for myself no it is is a like thinking back to when i was a kid obviously when i was a child and generation one came out the internet wasn't really a thing or at least it wasn't really like easily accessible um you know i I, i've got a feeling a portion of our audience if i say dial up wouldn't have a clue what i'm talking about um, well, I don't know. I've looked at our metrics. They'll all know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I agree. Um, I was just trying to be polite. Um, but yeah, I, I like. I think <laughs> I was going with that. Yes, I know where I'm going with that. As a, as a child, like, I wouldn't even know where to look for reviews and information. And as I've grown up, there there are things where you know I, me in terms of how I figure out if I'm going to watch or buy something that I'm already not invested or I'm on the fence on. It's just to look up one or two reviewers on YouTube or podcasts or um, websites that I, over years, have managed to build up a, okay, nine times out of ten, the way they feel about something is the way I typically feel about things. And I can get a gauge then on, you know, do do I want to to, to buy this? But then there are some things where... I don't even need to look up. I just know that I'm going to watch like Marvel films, for example. Like I, they're not always great, but I always know that I'm going to go and watch a Marvel film. It doesn't bother me what other people think. I'll make up my own mind. And Pokemon's one of the same things, to be quite honest with you. Where you know the the Generation Nine was coming out, and we we're in the in the hype season of it. And I just knew I was going to buy it, and I knew there was there was a part of me that could potentially get burnt, and I and I did, and I did. Um, but you know, there are so many people with differing views and thoughts that I think even if all of them don't buy the Pokemon games, there's still enough making up the numbers that we're seeing here. And I think I think you know to go back to a previous point that you made, like it's only going to get higher as more and more people buy into it or kind of pro- like stop sitting on the fence, like I spoke about, and go, "There's enough here for me to jump into now." Whether or not that's a lower price, whether or not it's DLC, whether or not it's updates, whether or not it's just you know birthday coming up or Christmas coming up, or more of their friends suddenly buy into it because there'll be a, a portion. And this will be why they've included it, is the the fact that you can have your union circle of up to four friends. Oh, that's a huge shout. I literally didn't even think about that. But I did. I played most of the game. Like, so one of my friends went out and bought a Switch for Pokemon Scarlet so that she could play with me. because Because on the idea of, well, no, we can't actually play together. Because like, Pokemon has always been a multiplayer game. It's oh, I didn't even think of that. That's, no, a, that's a very good shout. There's no it's it's not a coincidence why it's four people. Like most multiplayer games where you are working with other people are four players. Destiny, uh Fortnite. I mean, I'm just trying to think off the off the top of my head. It's always 
a team of four. There's no coincidence why. They, they, they have chosen that going, okay, right, most people have three other friends and therefore they're going to want to join in a four-player game. Let's whack that in as well. Now, thinking back though, was that in much of the... It was in the YouTube videos, but I'm trying to think, was it in the other elements of marketing? And maybe it might have been in some of the, the physical media, but I didn't see as if it was, but... Obviously, I live in a smaller town, so probably why. Um, but yeah, that that's like open world and multiplayer together is a big factor for some people. Yeah. I mean, again, I was sold. I was sold on this game. I thought it was going to be the best thing ever. Now, since then, I have become a little less enthusiastic towards it. I still give it a pokey hot for those of you out Yay. there who think I hate this game. I rated it pokey hot. I still do. I still think it's fun. I haven't touched it since I completed Violet. But eh. And there's raids and stuff now that people are still enjoying. I still think they're a broken mess and don't work properly. But clearly I am in the minority. The numbers don't lie. No, they don't. You've got to remember as well, this is the first well I was going to say, it's the first mainline game we've had since the massive boost on, like, Pokemon cards over the pandemic that we had. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did. So, Pokemon's just been in the mainstream a lot over the last couple of years. Mm. Oh, de- yeah, definitely. I-, I think I think we've I think we've answered the question there of, of, of why, and it's a combination of new features and just marketing whether or not that marketing exposure that's probably the better word just exposure of pokemon like the combination of those things i think just made more people than ever buy into it either of a case of there's enough that's changed or i want to get back into pokemon i've heard that it has you know they've tweaked it slightly it's enough to get people buying the game there you go we've answered it yeah as best as anyone can (laughs) as best as as best as we can Connor, what's our next segment? Our next segment is time to look at Pokemon Journeys. Pokemon Master Journeys. So that's time again where we continue watching Pokemon Master Journeys. And this week we have three episodes, but two of them are basically one one long episode because we have finally come to the long-awaited second re-rematch. rematch, the re-rematch, where Ash is taking on... Is it B or Bay? It's B, isn't it? B. It's B. It's B. Um, at the Stow on Side Stadium, so back back in the home turf. And, like, so, I, I'm not going to do a blow-by-blow recap of the battling because I don't think you, you can. It gets a little bit chaotic. But I think we can talk about just the battle, the fight as a whole. But one of the things I want to touch on is the fight, the first five minutes isn't even battling. It's just mons and humans interacting. Um... Like like B's training with a team of six. Ash turns up. Love the fact that that she still refers to Ash as Lucario's trainer. Well, it's Riolu's well, trainer. Riolu's trainer, trainer, and then becomes Lucario's trainer. Lucario's trainer. And I like that was the point where where I knew okay she's gonna call him Ash at the end of the fight because they'll have gained respect. And Karina's here too. And we get to see, we just get to see all these interactions in Pokemon. And you know what? This just makes me dislike the games even more because. Like, why is it up to the animator to have these character interactions that make sense that should be in the games? Like, Karina and, and B, 
Like they they have a a common they have more than one common thing going on. They they're both gym leaders and they both specialize and love fighting type Pokemon. Like this is where the anime shines for me is seeing these interactions. <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing. It's the, if you want that, go play Pokemon Masters. Yeah, yes, which which I I do, but I, I'm not gonna lie, I do skip over some of the dialogue because it just <laughs> it's just a bit too much. But yeah, the, the, some of the some of the some of the dialogue that I've seen in Pokemon Masters and the character journeys is is, is fantastic in, in, in Pokemon Masters. Um, do you want to move into the the actual fight? I mean, the fight is interesting enough. Did you? I mean, let's face facts. We both knew Ash was gonna win this one, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's typical, you know, hero's journey of you know they have to overcome a trial. So Ash lost the first one, he drew the drew the second one, and the third one he's learnt the most. His Pokemon have evolved. He's got a Mega Stone. Like he's built up these bonds with his Pokemon. I, I, for me, I I was confident he was going to win. I was interesting. In, I was more interested in how, how does he it goes get about there. It. Yes, how he goes about it. And what they did, and I'm not sure if I agree with this, is at the start, like, Ash Ash has to fight the, the Graplocked again, but he seems to be making the same mistakes he made previously. Is that? Do you think I'm being fair there? Uh, I don't think he is. I think... The thing is, he he has tried both getting in close and failed, and then tried mm-hmm. keeping in a distance in the follow-up match because he was scared and he failed. Yes. Now he is willing to mix it up, and, you know, Octolock is just a difficult move to get around. It's even said within the show, Octolock is just a hard move. It's what defeated Karina kind of thing. It's it's something you've just got to deal with. And what he was doing was working with Lucario to feel out when he was ready to move. Um which is then emphasized with the whole mega evolution thing, which I think is one of the biggest parts of this two-parter episode, is yes. we finally see Lucario Mega evolve. What eventually. I, event, well, that's what one of the things I, I liked about it. We'll, I think we'll... Do you want... I don't know if you want to jump ahead here, but, like, the fact that Ash goes to Mega Evolve and Lucario yeah. refuses. And like, I'm like, okay, I didn't... like. Okay, that's not a thing in the games, but fine, the anime is its own thing. I completely get that. But, like, it made sense because Ash at that point was thinking in the moment, whereas Lucario was thinking ahead and realized that if Ash uses Mega Revolution there, he can't use a Z-Move or Dynamax as per the rules. You get one of the three. Like, yeah. That is which, it. Is I, a cool, which is a cool addition. It is a really good addition. I, I, It's a shame we haven't got that in the games, but... Again, one of the th- one of the places where the anime can can shine is a Gigantamax. It's the only place you can have a Gigantamax Pokemon versus a Mega, and yeah. have it play out, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, a, a, a couple of other things that I, I I noticed um in the in the first of this two party is um when Lucario is fighting Holucha, we get some more of the video game music thrown in there which just mm-hmm. it just hits like i'm at the point now where sword and shield is a bit nostalgic for me so hearing that <laughs> was fantastic Abs- absolutely love it um lucario See, for me it's the moment God. when leon shows up and that oh, mu- is leon's yes. music that kicks in yes. it's like oh yeah let's go it's 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 when leon just leon is just doing the right things 
to because is it is a champion in the games i i i wasn't completely sold on him in terms of being undefeated because he seems a bit too um like forgetful in the games and i get yeah, that that's just he, directions He's got a bad sense of direction. Yeah. And I think that's emphasized the best in Pokemon Masters, where he just walks out of the ocean at one point. <laughs> like, 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 sorry, I got lost. <laughs> like, well, absolutely love it. Where is it? Where is in in this? He's getting his time to shine. And what I'm liking about it is that, yes, he has shown it in a couple of fights here and there, but just giving us the opportunity to get to know him a little bit more. And the fact that he turns up in the in the commentator's booth and he doesn't even commentate. He's just there to see the spectacle. And I like feel Ash out, to be quite honest with you. It really does feel like Ash is... Le- sorry, Leon's looking at Ash and thinking, okay, this there's something about this, this kid that intrigues me enough to kind of follow him around a little bit. Not in a creepy way, but it's, there's no coincidence. Leon keeping an eye fo- on him. Yes, exactly. And like... I, and it's making so it's it's doing what the game didn't do. The game I don't think, even though we hammered home that like okay, you're going Leon's to the best there ever did was, and you're going to face him eventually. Like unfortunately in the game, it was mainly Hop that was saying I'm going to beat Leon because the, the main character's mute, he doesn't talk, so therefore you haven't got that kind of this is my dream, this is my goal, and it's up to the player to kind of go. Oh yeah, that's what you typically do in Pokemon. I'm going to fight the champion. Whereas in this, Ash is so adamant that this is his goal, and Leon seems to be on board with like, yeah, I'm on board with Ash's goal. I want to see where this goes and see how good this kid is. And I and the build up now for the battle against Leon, and it's a shame. It is a shame that we've had it spoiled. That we know the outcome. You know the outcome as well, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah, it's a shame that's happened. But now I'm even more intrigued to go. Okay. How does Ash get there, and how does he win? Because I haven't watched the fight. I just want to know how it's going to go down, and I cannot wait. Yeah. The thing is, it's we are now, what? He jumps up to 36 I've got after this battle. Down. Yes, 36. So he, he's he's up there. There's only he's, 35 trainers better than him, according to and the And I'm rankings. not being funny. I think he might have one, maybe two battles before Masters 8 now. Okay. I think there's going to be one more battle is going to put him into the top 10. Yeah. And then he's going to fight Ryan. Oh, I love that. I absolutely. Yes, because Ryan's one of them where he has in the game and this, he's almost, he is Leon's rival. Yeah. But I can't see him being in the top eight. I think there no. are better trainers than him. So that, that's a really good theory. I, I love that theory. And I think it would be a great way to kind of show, okay, if Ash can beat Ryan, who is Leon's rival, he might just be able to beat Leon. Like, yeah. he stands a chance. So I'm looking forward to that. I, the, the, the next thing I do want to break down, though, is, like, Gigantamax versus Meg and just how that plays out. It's a cool spectacle. It is. It's, it's, it's been a while since we've had, like, really good animation within yes. Yes. this show. Like, it, we, we've mentioned it a couple of times. It's looked a little bit rough recently. This was great. Mm. This was really good. We finally, as yes. I say, we got to see Mega Lucario doing his freaking spirit bomb above oh, his head. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> which I can imagine. And and the other thing as well, right? So did you watch X and Y? 
I didn't know. No. Right. So one of the big things about X and Y, obviously, Ash didn't mega evolve during that series. He had his Ash Greninja. And mm-hmm. one of the coolest animation things that they did was he and Greninja started moving together. That was their bond. That's why they were so close. So you would see uh, Greninja use his big shuriken and Ash would do the same movement. And you oh, saw wow. that here with Lucario as well. He was charging up his final attack and they moved oh, together yes. with the force palm. And then they he did. learned steel beam at the last second. It's, oh, it's so cool. It's, it's abs- No, it's, it's fine. It's absolutely beautiful. One of the other things that stood out to me because I'd never seen Meg Revolution in the anime is the when, when Lucario Mega evolves, the animation is gorgeous like absolutely beautiful all the colors like flowing like water it it was just absolutely stunning and then for for me just the highlight of because in the in the video games like let's say you know on showdown for example you can have you could have i'd imagine gigantamax versus megas however they don't really they they don't move do they because they're sprites in that so they just shuffle backwards and forwards and that that's it so you you kind of have to and, and and the sizes aren't the same, so you can't really imagine it. So when when the when it happened and it was okay, these two are, are battling, and I'm just sat there thinking, is he going to do up? attack his ankles? Yeah, is he <laughs> going to run up? And he, it's exactly what happens. Like he gets on top of this Gigantamax Pokemon, and the size comparisons are just it's just it's just absolutely crazy and to see them actually t- God. When he takes the G Max cheese strike to the f- to the face and he just yes. like holds it off, you're like, oh no, wow. whatever, <laughs> come so on, you know, no chance. <laughs> it is so, it's oh, absolutely amazing, it, and it's a on. strange one. This was a lot of fun, yeah, but I don't think Ash should have won. I can understand, yeah, I can understand that. It, it almost felt like he won because he had to win. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. <sighs> Even his, like, out-of-the-box thinking, I do not understand Pikachu using Iron Tail on the ground and then using Quick Attack to make shockwaves. To make a pulse to, wave, uh, yeah, that was... To hold off Sky Attack. It's like, uh, it's... Uh, okay, sure. Mm, okay. Sure, Surfetch went out like a... Um, yeah, he went out way too way too easy. But it, 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 it's always one of those issues with um not not just Pokemon, but video games in... in sorry, not video games. Like, me, it, like animations tvs movies is power scaling mm-hmm. and pokemon is probably one of the worst for it because how lucario is still going at the end is completely Sheer beyond me D- yeah yes there comes a point though where i'm sat there thinking he should not still be starting and yeah. I, I i get it i, I get it like I, i'm i can get on board with it but like it's it's when they both come out and the commentator is like, "Oh, here's Luchacario and Machamp back out again." They've both taken a lot of damage. I'm like, mm. I mean, Machamp took like one good hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's not let's not compare these two. This this should not be on equal footing here. No, no, I g- agreed, I agreed. But like, I've only got one thing that I want to kind of mention here is that, like, we made comments last week about the animation like lacking in some of the episodes and i can't remember which of us said it but we discussed about okay well it was the it was the mega what it was lucario versus the mega alakazam and the fight was quite lacking now i think personally that this made up for it so were we right in saying that the reason they had to hold back on that episode is because they had to spend more time on these two um interesting theory I don't know if it's a time issue 
or a budget issue. I right. I don't know enough about the animation industry in Japan to give you that answer. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I it. I'm. I know that obviously we saw the news articles a while back about you, you know the really struggling. I don't know whether or not that came out before, after, or during this this part. I've got a feeling it was after. That came this. out. That came out towards the end of the series they're on right now. Right. Um, okay. However, it was stated that it's been an ongoing issue. Okay. So if it's been an ongoing issue and they can still pump out episodes like this, makes me a little less concerned for the final few episodes of. Is it Ultimate Journeys next? Yes. I'm 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 hoping that the animation will not deteriorate and we if we can get the quality that we got here in the later fights, I'm on board with that. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Good time. Glad to see an Ash focused episode. Definitely. Should we move on to episode forty, Breaking the Ice? The Chloe focused episode. Chloe focused, yes. Um, although ish, it's kind it, of? ish, it's more Regina's episode than Chloe's. I'd say it. It definitely feels like, like ju- just thinking back, it definitely felt like the 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 core group of Goash and um, Chloe were there almost just as a vehicle to kind of, to tell her story. No, tell, you're right. Tell Regina and Glacian's story. What what I quite like about this is Go has to write an essay on Friends and brings ash into school and then has this cartoon drawing of ash he's like oh i wonder what's going on inside of ash's head and he peels back the drawing and he's just a load of pokemon drawings in his head (laughs) no i'm not only thinking about pokemon well what else are you thinking about food food exactly right there is two passions in life so absolutely love that um we're introduced to regina who's visiting town and both her and her pokemon glacian are quite withdrawn um glacian has is sent off to where the pokemon have to stay while the children are in school and i just love glacian freaking out while eevee pikachu and grookey are just trying to make friends with it in its <laughs> own way and just don't touch me yeah, I'm all right much. all right just don't touch me <laughs> just leave me alone what are you doing just leave me alone like absolutely absolutely love that and um we get a bit of backstory of the reason they're there is because glacian is going to get checked out at cerise labs um, as a result of um, it being aggressive, yeah. basically, is what it comes down to. It keeps attacking everybody around Regina, uh, leading to her having no friends. And yeah. her parents are a little bit worried about this, so they want the Pokemon checked out. Yeah. Turns out there's nothing really wrong with the Pokemon as far as its attitude is concerned. It's just that people keep bullying Regina and Glaceon ain't standing for it. Yeah, pre- pretty much. And it just seems like it's um overexerting itself a little bit from trying so hard to protect regina so they do get it checked by the professor and he says oh it's using blizzard too much and is cooling down its body temperature is dropping too low this seemed a little bit tacked on to me and i don't think they resolved it very well no they didn't um and by not very well i mean like not at all by the end of the episode, Regina goes into Pokemon battling, which comes out of nowhere. I don't know why she yeah, do- decided does, yeah. that was yeah. a thing she wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it's not like she sees Ash do it or anything like that. She just suddenly decides, yeah, this is how I'm going to spend my life. Um, and then makes an offhand comment of like, yeah, we're using all our ice-type moves, but not Blizzard. So, okay. Okay. So, right. fine. She makes friends with all the people in school who she froze by freezing the playground and making a snow play park yeah 
Okay, fine. If somebody fine. made one of those at my school, they'd be my best friend too. Um, it's it's an interesting episode with a fascinating concept that's yes. just doesn't so, go anywhere. So, um, you, you've you've watched My Hero Academia before, haven't you? Yes. We, we've, we've spoken about this. This almost, Her character almost feels like she would benefit from being a semi-recurring characters, character over, you know, several weeks worth of episodes and you get to see her eventually just break down these barriers and you get to understand. And there are characters in My Hero Academia that are quite similar to her but I've had more time to kind of go on those journeys. And I think it's a bit of to Pokemon's detriment sometimes that they 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 are quite good at introducing these characters that stand out, but typically they're one and done, which is yeah. a, a little bit of a disservice, unfortunately, because I, w- I would have liked to see Regina over the season, you know, break down those barriers and stuff. And because we've had Go and Ash and Chloe go to school a couple of times, there's no reason why that couldn't have happened so it is a bit i think i think um mirror your thoughts that there's there's a there's a good story and a good concept here but like kind of just not enough time to see it through yes they just fluffed it a little bit unfortunately which which is a shame shall we move on to the guessing game let's do it connor it's that time again i have three pokemon three pokedex entries each but can you spot the fake entry so we're starting off this week with Kadabra. Nice. The Pokedex entry number one. Kadabra emits a peculiar alpha wave if it develops a headache. Only those people with a particularly strong psyche can hope to become a trainer of this Pokemon. Entry number two. This Pokemon's telekinesis is immensely powerful. To prepare for evolution, Kadabra stores up psychic energy in the star on its forehead. And Pokedex entry number three. Its strong psychokinetic powers can cause machines to malfunction and even clocks to run backwards. Interesting. Um, uh, interesting. I'm immediately thinking the second one because I don't think it stores power in its star. I feel like that's a little bit arbitrary. And I know you're very specific on things of like, ah, this Pokemon has an interesting horn or something that's never mentioned in a Pokedex entry. I'm mm. gonna, I'm gonna point that out. So I'm gonna go with the star, but the clocks and stuff going backwards is not one I've heard either. Okay, there's a reason you've not heard about the clocks and stuff going backwards. Really? That was the fake one, I'm afraid. Really? It was okay. number three. So the second Pokemon this week is Machamp. So Pokedex entry number one. Rigorous training has given it well-defined muscles. It can leap over a skyscraper with ease. Pokedex entry number two. It punches with its forearms at blinding speed. It can launch 1,000 punches in two seconds. And the final Pokedex entry... Using its heavy muscles, it throws powerful punches that can send the victim clear over the over the horizon. Um, I'm going to go with the first one, and I'm really upset that there is no mountain in here, because I know the mountain Pokedex entry, and that would have at least given me a little bit okay. <laughs> more to go okay, off of. Okay. Uh, yeah, the first one. I don't think it... It's not... Machamp skips leg day, surely. <laughs> so you are right and funnily enough like at one point i did consider putting in about skipping leg day but i thought that's too it's too obvious <laughs> and the reason the reason i didn't include the mountain one is because i thought you'd know it yeah um, that's so fair I'm, enough so i'm glad i didn't i didn't include that one but well done you've got 50 percent right the final pokemon is glaceon 
Pokedex entry number one. Glacian is able to lower its body temperature very quickly. It freezes the atmosphere, creating diamond dust that glitters like gems while it flutters and dances around. Entry number two. It protects itself by freezing its fur into sharp needles. It can drop its uh, sorry. It can drop its body temperature below se- minus seventy five degrees Fahrenheit. And the third and final Pokedex entry. Those captivated by Glacian summoning a beautiful snow form, so snowfall display will be instantly frozen without realizing it. Hmm. Interesting. So it's between two and three. Okay. It's between two and three, because I'm pretty sure the first Pokedex entry is the one used in the episode. Um, oh, I want to... Right. I think you've picked the second one because it sounds like something that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with the third one. Well done. Okay. Very well done, very well done. You're starting to figure me out, which I do not like. So, well done. You got two out of three right this week. So, very well done. I I want you to get three again at some point, so we can uh, or zero, so we can flip it around. I just need to get these 50-50s right. Yes, yeah. You're very good at, like, most of the time. Yes. It's it's multiple multiple. Uh, multiple choice. You just yeah. like eliminate one of them completely, yes, and then fifty-fifty from there. Exactly. So let's move on to comments and questions. If you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail or by leaving it on our Discord channel. Tony has done that that this week, leaving a question on our YouTube channel. So, what would you guys say about being able to customize the Pokeballs? So this is very specifically more than we've had in the past. More than stickers. More than stickers. what they've put. And I think it's even brought up that we should be able to change it to look like whatever Pokeball we want. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this is off the back of last week's quick ball controversy. <laughs> I love it. One of my biggest uh, issues, perhaps, with this is that the... The Pokeball is one of the ways that Nintendo checks fake Pokemon. Right. So, you know, some Pokemon can't or have never been caught in certain Pokeballs and things like that. Um, So that's one issue I find with it. Other than that, it's fine, I guess. I see no reason not to be able to customize your Pokeball. Is it something I'd do? No. I never did any of the stickers. I never did any of the, like, when you could make words pop up when your Pokemon came out. I never did any of that. It's one of those things where it'd be cool for them to add it, but I think a lot of the fan base would never utilize it. I, it's, it's <laughs> okay, I, I do want this, personally. I would love, and I, I I'm thinking just make it, as simple as possible. So the reason I didn't really use the BDSP one is it was a bit clunky to use and stickers I don't really care about and the animations coming out, whatever, fine. It's a split second thing. I don't really care about it. However, what I do like is... what One of the things I dislike is, is especially in the later generations, you go to a Pokemon Center, you heal, and it's like, none of my Pokeballs match the old... You've got a Quick Ball in there, you've got a Pokeball, you've got an Ultra Ball, you've got a Master Ball. You're like, oh, okay, right. The, aesthetically, I don't like it. So I don't see why you can't... 
where they couldn't implement something where, okay, you take your Pokeball, your Pokemon to somewhere, and it's like, okay, so you've got almost three elements. You've got your top, you've got the middle ring, you've got the bottom, and you can just tweak the colors on it. And then you could potentially bring in some of the, the branding almost from some of the other, so like the Great Ball Stripes, the Ultra Ball H, U, whatever it is. Uh, it is a U, isn't it? To you. It's an H. Because it's, it's a, a hyperball in Japan. Oh, is that why? I said H and then I double, I, I second guessed myself thinking, why would it be H? It's a, it's a U, but okay, it's good to know I was right. Yeah, they, um, they removed the S from the Great Ball, which is, I believe, oh, the yes. Super Bowl in Japan. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, which is still there in Pokemon Pinball, if you notice. It is, which yeah. we may be talking about sometime soon. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Nice little plug, but moving on. Um, like something as simple as that, I think could be quite easy to do where, you know, there is no rotation or anything. It's literally just going, pick your three different colors, and then you could you can bring across some of the elements. So it wouldn't be fully customizable. There would be limits placed on it. So mine's more, less of a customizing your Pokeball, more of a color picker i guess which i it, imagine would be easy to do it'd be cool if you could do it at the start of the game and you do it as like a customize your pokeballs so okay, for instance yeah. no matter what pokeball you used that's how your pokeballs looked mm -hmm. yeah. even if it was just something for like if they brought contests back yes like you had a specific pokeball for contests that i could see happening and that i could i could get behind it it is a bit strange that I don't think we've had the ability to change Pokeballs in official Pokemon games. I know it's possible in ROM hacks like Radical Red, but there are elements of ROM games that eventually make their way or find their way into the mainline Pokemon games. Could this potentially be one of them in the future? It feels like it'd be quite easy to do in the it wasn't Game Freak, but they kind of experimented with it in BDSP. So, be interesting to see if they do bring it. But like oh, you say, it wasn't Game Freak. Let's not forget that was originally in Diamond and Pearl. That wasn't it, added to Brilliant Diamond. That was that was originally oh, was in it? Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't. I didn't read. I've. I didn't even know that was a thing in the originals. Wow. Okay. Um. Oh, well, that makes me less sure that we're gonna get it then. Because it's like they did it all those generations ago and they haven't bothered with it Never since. brought it back. Yeah. So I want it, but I don't think we're getting it. There you go. There, there's there's your answer. Should we move on to plugs? Let's do it. What have you got coming up, Connie? Uh, what have I got coming up at the moment? Uh, not a lot, actually. I My video on Ash's Daughter is still up and still doing well. Mm. Um. That's about it. I'm working on something in the back. I'm working on a couple of things at the moment, actually. Okay. I've got a breakdown about Unknown and the fact that they may be based on biblically accurate angels. Oh, okay. Which I'm super excited about. And then another one that's a little while out, but I'll give you a sneak preview. It's about what if gym leaders use terrestrialization correctly? interesting okay right i'm let's say no more here because i have thoughts about that but i i'd love to pick that up as a conversation at some point but i'll wait to see your video on it in terms of what i've got coming up um this month i'm going to release my next uh solo pokemon video I, it's i've already mentioned it to a couple of people it's it's cyclozar only in um scarlet and violet and um so you might actually finish this one well it's not as easy as I thought it'd be. 
I kind of so the reason I picked Cyclozar is a I do like it as a as a Pokemon, but also I needed one that I could pump out quite quickly because I thought oh it'd be dead easy. It hasn't been dead easy <laughs> to be quite honest with you because me being the person I am, like when I reach a roadblock, my initial thought isn't just I'll increase my levels like other challenge um, challenge video runners yeah runners do. Um, my mindset is okay. I'll have a run. There's a. I got a little bit into it. Okay, I think I can win. I just need to tweak my strategy slightly or figure out a way to get past it. Um, and that slows me down, unfortunately. But I don't want because the video. I just don't find it enjoyable when Challenge Runner goes. Oh, I, I got stuck here, so I increased it by ten levels and I won. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, right. So you're just playing the numbers game, unfortunately, rather yeah, than trying I, to figure I, I out strategy. I won't lie. When I watched your one about Whooper, like. I didn't even know Wooper got half the moves that you put on oh, it. Oh, yeah. And there was a lot of protect strats going on. Yep. It was very, very entertaining. <sighs> the issue I found when, when I used to do challenge videos is that you'd get to some battles and it's like, this is possible mm. under the right circumstances with the perfect RNG. Yes. And if you don't have speed up, yeah. that oh. RNG is a lot harder to get. Yes, so uh, I'll I'll just throw this out there. Um, Cyclozar has shed skin. The thirty oh, percent no. <laughs> chance of shrugging off a uh, state's condition. So there is so much RNG in this run; it is ridiculous, but was really enjoyable. Anyway, I finished recording. I'm now about two thirds of the way through scripting. Uh, so. Probably next week record it, so probably live the week after. Regardless, it's going to be live in February, and I want to try and get one out a month, ideally, while you know people are still enjoying this. Um, another video that I want to get out in the next couple of weeks. Um, I so for those who don't know, I have two switches. I have my legitimate switch, but then I also have a switch if I want to try and mod Pokemon games. So I've modded Pokemon Scarlet and. I've created a monstrosity, so I want to get a video out there just showcasing some of the mods, but then how some of the mods working together create some interesting graphics, shall we say. So I'm looking forward to to recording that, ideally tomorrow, to get it out. Probably next week is is the plan. Um, what I'm quite, I, I just want to point this out. Like, I'm, for the next couple of months, I'm moving away from Let's Plays. I want to try and experiment with a few other videos. So, see how that goes, I guess. Um, Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. That's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just a top dollar, aren't you? Connor, where can we find you? You can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. I'm Ben. You can find me as Professor Hoeing Gaming on YouTube and Professor Hoeing on Twitter. As for the Golden Rod Podcast, you can find us on the usual platforms. Search for Golden Rod Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. Leave a like on YouTube or a five-star review if you're listening as a podcast. We'll be back next Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya!